0: We've chosen the most popular interviews for you to select the Listener's Choice winner. If you're not sure how the Listener's Choice competition works, have a look at horsechats.com slash choice for the rules and the leaderboard. Today's chat's been brought to you by International Horse College. We have a mission to improve the welfare of horses throughout the world through the safe education of riders, handlers and trainers, and that's what these chats are all about. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Today, I'd like to introduce you to Diana Waters. Now, Diana Waters is an experienced coach from the UK. She's just starting out in Australia. She's building up her coaching business on the Central Coast in New South Wales. Diana's mission is to enable people and horses to learn together in a way that preserves the beauty and spirit of the horse and allows horses and human to discover a shared joy which enriches the lives of both. That's a great mission, Diana. Diana, how are you?
1: I'm good, thank you. How are you?
0: Good, good. Diana, I want to talk to you a little bit about your mission as we go through. But first of all, I know that you said that you loved everything about horses as a child, mucking out, grooming, leading beginners, working at a local riding school. But what was your actual first memory of
1: horses? My very first memory was the first time I went riding. Mm -hmm. I had a little Shetland pony called Mischief, who I rode every week. And I can just remember that riding was what I wanted to do from a very early age. And even at age three and four, I've been asking to go. So this is a very big moment for me. Okay.
0: Yep. All right. Now, that's great. And then you had a horse called Jimbo?
1: Yeah. When I was eight, we bought Jimbo. He was a family pony. So I had two sisters and my mom rode as well. So Jimbo was our shared pony. Yep. He's now 38 years
0: old and still oh, going wow. strong. Wow. Yeah. Yep. And he had a bit of a habit of doing something, didn't
1: he, that taught you to ride a little bit? Yeah, he had lots of cheeky habits. He was absolutely wonderful pony. One of the things I remember about him when we were um, at a local show, so he used to love jumping at home, mm-hmm. but we were trying to jump at a show and we were jumping over a course of very tiny jumps. He refused the first jump three times <laughs> and took off across the arena and jumped the arena ropes in a row of people and galloped across the showground oh wow wow
0: okay <laughs> All right. So with all your pony days and your riding, you then went on and you started to do your BHS exams when you were 16 and you did your AI at 25. Can you tell me a little bit about, you know, the stage where you thought, right, well, I am going to make this as my career and how you started with
1: your exams and went from there? Okay. Well, I was never really interested in much apart from horses. I always knew that I wanted horses in my life, but actually horses weren't particularly going to be my full-time career. I went to uni and, and was a teacher, a school teacher for a while, mm-hmm. but I knew that I always wanted them in my life and I always wanted that option to be able to teach people and to be able to work with horses. So I, I went on to take my taking my BHS exams was the obvious way to start. So as soon as I was old enough, That's what I did.
0: All right. Now, Heather Moffat was fairly influential in your teaching career. Can you tell me a little bit about
1: how you met Heather and how she's influenced your career? Yeah, so I'd written a letter to the British Horse Society and Heather Moffat had read my letter. That was in 2010. Mm -hmm. And she got in contact with me because she felt she had some answers to some of the issues that I'd raised. She invited me to go to her yard and I went there and watched her ride And it was an absolute light bulb moment for me because the way she was riding was the way that I had always wanted to ride, but had never found somebody that could teach me that way. Mm -hmm. She sits completely still on the horse. The horses are light and they dance. And I found out later any horse she gets on will dance and move joyfully. But she's also very open with her knowledge. So her working students ride in the same way. She's extremely good at explaining and breaking down how to do that. So having found her, I then didn't look back and and that's the direction that's led me in. All right. Now she has the Equus
0: Simulator. Yeah. Yep. Can you tell us a little bit about the Equus Simulator? You know, start right from the beginning because some of, you know, I've been exposed to it a little bit, but some of our listeners will just be, it'll just be foreign language to them. They won't know what you mean by an Equus Simulator.
1: Yeah. Okay. So... An equisimulator is a mechanical horse. Mm-hmm. It moves in the same way as a horse. There's various different types that you can get, but the type I have is powered by the rider. Mm-hmm. So it has a walk and trot and canter setting. Okay. And then you move in the correct motion for trot or canter or walk mm-hmm. and the simulator will move correctly with you, provided you're moving correctly and not blocking the movement. Okay, yep. So if you are blocking the movement, the simulator won't move. So it's very good instant feedback as uh-huh. to the tiny little faults that you may not be aware that you have, that may not even be visible to an onlooker, uh-huh. but are having more of an impact on your horse than you realise. So
0: tell me a little bit about the faults that we might have that would stop the simulator from working.
1: Okay so in trot a very common fault is a little bit of a chair seat. Mm -hmm. People tend to have their legs a little bit too far forward and their body a little bit too far back. To be in complete balance in rising trot your upper body needs to be inclined forwards and many people ride with their body too upright. If I get my students to put their hand underneath the saddle on the simulator mm-hmm. and also feel the difference between somebody sitting heavily in the back of the saddle or sitting with the body inclined forward and sitting down lightly and correctly.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Tell me about when you first started using the EquiSimulator,
0: what did you learn? Because, you know, if you're not aware of what you're doing wrong
1: and then all of a sudden it gets
0: pointed out,
1: what? how was that? Well, I obviously went in with a very open mind because I'd gone to try it out the first time I used it. I knew that I had faults in my riding and I was very excited to have those faults corrected. It's worth bearing in mind that it's a slightly different feel to a real horse because you have no forward momentum. So I always explain that to people if they're feeling a little bit threatened by by being so heavily scrutinized. Hmm. actually if you can't get the simulator to go correctly to begin with don't worry about it mm-hmm. but i actually had a lot of trouble with the canter when i first got my equi simulator and i sent in many many videos to heather and to some of my colleagues in the uk enlightened equitation teacher colleagues in the uk mm-hmm. sort of going in on a daily basis taking more videos of myself in the canter because i there was something wrong with my canter mm-hmm. i also did exercises on a gym ball and. Um, Finally, managed to crack the canter. So I know how hard it can be and how long it can take to get through (laughs) what seems like a small thing, but can actually end up being bigger than you realize. Mm, But once mm. you get there, it's well worth it because then you get on a real horse and suddenly the horse goes so much better. And I'd always had trouble maintaining the canter in a horse. Mm -hmm. Now I know why. It's because I was blocking the movement and I wasn't synchronizing my hips correctly with the movement of the canter. Mm, mm. No, I think it's certainly, I haven't, you know, haven't actually ridden with an
0: simulator, but I think it's probably something that just as an experience, it would be good for everyone to, to ride, to use.
1: Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's also uh, really saves your horse because, for example, you could have a lunge lesson which achieves a similar thing, but that's quite hard work for the horse and you can't spend so much time working on exercise, because obviously you need to give the horse breaks. Also, the instructor can't get up quite as close to you to partly see what you're doing, but also even to show you how to move, to show you in slow motion, all those sorts of things that you can't do on a real horse. Mm, mm. All right. Um, I didn't
0: ask you right at the beginning, probably because I was so fascinated to uh, get in and find out about the Equi ec- simulator what's your favourite quote?
1: Um, I don't really have a
0: favourite quote, sorry. <laughs> Look, I like the way that you, your mission, we'll, we'll <laughs> just cover it with the mission, hey? Uh, the mission's to enable people and horses to learn together in a way that preserves the beauty and the spirit of the horse and allows the horses and human to discover a shared joy which enriches the lives of both. So tell me a little bit about how you came to have that as your mission, how you put it together together and what it means to you.
1: So when I was studying for my exams, I was very focused, very career focused and driven and started to see the horse less as a beautiful creature and more as a tool to get to where I wanted to get to. My riding around that time was a little bit harsher. I was using force to make up for, you know, probably shortcomings in my own position and shortcomings in the horse's schooling. Then I met Heather Moffat, saw the way she rode, and it reminded me, and as I've got older as well, I've remembered what it was like to be a child (laughs) and to have that pure enjoyment of the horse, that relationship with the horse as a sentient being. And I decided I wanted to go back to that way. And I wanted to show people that that I support that as well, just because I'm a coach and I have been through that fairly regimented system, Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that I can't help people to love horses and to respect horses and to enjoy them, Mm -hmm. number one priority. And a part of that as well is for the horse to be enjoying it too. So I don't believe that we should dominate the horse and make it do what we want because it ought to. I believe we should work on a relationship whereby we persuade the horse that it's pleasant to work with us and that working with us is fun and that they have a choice to work with us. Mm, no, that's good.
0: Stop. I need to interrupt this chat for a hot-off-the-press notification. That is, that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry, is now available, and the best news is that it's a free download. So if you work in the horse industry, if you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, Then, this is an essential book for you to read now and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. So, simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page, and click on the 101 Careers in the Horse Industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine. Maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. All right. Now, I want you to think about everything you've learned. You've got people that you've learned from. You've talked about, you know, your first pony that you rode and also about Jimbo. Tell me about a horse
1: that you think that you've learned the most from. I think it would probably be a horse that I'm working with at the moment. It's a pony called Ella belonging to my good friend, Megan. Megan and I both had children. And we both didn't have time for horses, but every so often, sort of once a fortnight or once a month, we would go and do stuff with the horses. We didn't ride them because obviously we didn't have time to keep her horse in work. And Ella, the little horse I'm talking about, well, she's a pony. She's only about 11, two hands. Mm -hmm. And we went for walks with the ponies and, and chatted to each other. But along the way, I gradually started to teach Ella new skills, so... I taught her to long rein and and we introduced her to the saddle and all that sort of stuff that you do, but this is all over a period of a couple of years, and she's an an older older horse to be doing that as well. She's about probably about twelve now, okay, so from fairly short sessions, very infrequently, she went from being um quite a mareish mare who didn't really want to be touched and didn't want to saddle anywhere near her or anybody jumping around near her to. A pony that could be ridden mm-hmm. but all this time we were sort of experimenting with a different way of doing things because we wanted to see whether we could work a horse on their own terms mm-hmm. so taking their cues for what they did and didn't enjoy yep. trying to build on that and trying to engineer it to a direction that we wanted to go uh-huh. but without forcing them to do something they didn't want to do and she's now the I've only ridden her a couple of times and we've had another li- a little bout off, but next year I'm going to train her up to be a riding school pony, which okay. I think she'll be amazing at. But she's been a real proof of how you can get a horse to work with you, how you don't need to be working them every single day. You don't need to be forcing them. You can take it very, very slowly, but they never forget. So she never mm. forgot anything she learned and she has a very, very trusting attitude towards me. I can do anything with her and she'll trust me. And that's what I am hoping to be able to nurture in others as well. Okay. What I'd like you to do now is just to think back. Now, thinking
0: back the whole time when you had, you know, you rode the first pony, you had Jimbo, you went through, you trained for your exams, you did the work with Heather, you came to Australia, you did some work here. What's your proudest moment with horses?
1: I think my proudest moment was when I had done my teacher training with Heather Moffat yep. and um, I just landed in Australia moving over here mm-hmm. and I submitted my, my videos for assessment. So for the Enlightened Equitation teacher mm-hmm. assessment yes you have to teach yeah teach the riders videos and before and after and durings of your lessons mm-hmm. and i landed in australia and i just checked my facebook and i got a beautiful message from heather and she'd said that my teaching had surpassed all her expectations <laughs> Isn't it? Yes. me distinction yep. which she's never given anybody before and coming from the person i admire the most mm-hmm. To give me that was a really, really proud moment for me. Yeah, that's excellent. Yeah.
0: All right, now we need some training tips. The listeners would like a training tip for their horse, a training tip for them as a rider or a handler. So
1: rider or handler. Yep. Okay, so for a rider, my training tip is to video yourself riding Mm -hmm. and to look at it critically because you can learn an incredible amount from how different it looks to how it feels. And if you can correct those minor faults in your riding, then your horse's way of going will change as well dramatically. Good. Um, My tip for training horses is slow down. And the reason I say that is because a lot of people get a, they'll get a comment on their dressage test saying needs to ride more forward. Mm -hmm. And so they'll push their horse on and the horse will tend to go onto the forehand and be rushing. The judges don't want to see your horse running on. But the term needs to be more forward can be quite misleading. Mm -hmm. If you slow your horse right down, if you slow the tempo down, you'll find they take longer steps and more free steps. Mm -hmm. And I've seen this time and time again, sitting and watching Heather's lessons and also teaching my own, the amount of dramatic improvement you can get in both the rider and the horse just by slowing the tempo within the pace and also by working more in walk, and keeping your periods of fast work shorter. So for example, you work on your transitions between walk and trot and back to walk again, but you don't spend long periods of time in trot. When you're introducing canter, the same thing, you start with very short periods of canter and you work on the transition walk to canter or trot to canter before you try to improve the canter itself. Once the transition has been established and is correct and balanced, the canter itself will come naturally and you won't have to be fighting your horse on it. All
0: right. I think that's some very good tips for the listeners and something that they can go out and practice today. And again, it's very good to me when you can give a tip that's good for a less experienced rider, but also good for a more experienced rider. So thank you for that. All right. Now, do you have a book that you would like to
1: recommend for our listeners? I love reading. So I've got lots of favourite books. The book which I refer to is Enlightened Equitation, which is Heather Moffat's book. And that teaches you and it demystifies riding, the synchronization of the seat, the weight aids, things that people talk about but often very rarely explain clearly. Mm -hmm. So I myself refer to that book quite a lot if I'm struggling to explain something to a client. The other book that I would recommend is Cobb's Can by Omar Rabia. I think in Australia you call them Galloways, not Cobb's. (laughs) Yes. But it's not just for cobs, it's for any horse, but it's a book which explains how to train your everyday horse so you don't have to have a warm blood or a fancy dressage horse in order to do well. Mm -hmm. You can train any horse and he shows you how to do that with a mixture of in-hand work and ridden work. So that's an excellent book as well.
0: All right. Uh, We can put the, the links to that. We'll get a little bit more information, put the
1: links to that in the show notes. Diana, what does the future hold for you? Well, in the short term, I'm building up my client base at the moment. I'm working closely with working equitation, which I recently discovered. I think it's an absolutely fantastic sport. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm taking lessons myself in that. I'm also working teaching dressage to the local working equitation club. Mm-hmm. I'm doing equis skills, which is for school age children yes. who train towards their um, EA qualifications, and I'm running online riding tests which I wrote myself Mm -hmm. online dressage tests but they have an emphasis on rider skills as opposed to the quality of the horse and the horse's way of going which actually improves naturally when the rider rides better so I'm running those monthly video tests and in the future I do have a dream that I would love to have my own riding school I don't know whether that will ever happen or not <laughs> At the moment, I don't have a horse because I need to build up my business, be making enough money, and have enough time as well. As the children start to get older, I'm hoping to have a little bit more time that I can devote to that. Mm. But I would love to have a riding school. I've worked at so many riding schools in the UK and here and yeah. I have a very clear idea of exactly how I would love to be able to run my own riding school. And I think that, you know, any any dream is going to start off, first of all,
0: by just going, wow, I'd love to do that. You know, you start to think about it and then you start to put action in place. So, you know, you're already on the way. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Now, the, the online test, do you have a website or where can people get the online test that you – because you, you run the competitions then, don't you?
1: Yeah. Yep. So, yep. the tests, they're on my website, mm-hmm. which is au. They are also on Nominate. That's where you enter the tests. Mm-hmm. That's nominate.com? Yeah. .com.au, I think. .com.au, yes. Um, and you can – download the tests for free and if you want to enter the online competition there are rosettes for prizes and also you get a feedback form which is like a the result sheet from a dressage test but it's a lot more detailed so each movement is marked on specific criteria two or three specific criteria such as riders position riders synchronization rhythm and tempo contact so that it's a fairly objective mark scheme and you can see your progression. If you if you carry on taking the tests, you can see your mark going up and you can see exactly why it's gone up and how, how you've been marked on it. So I'm hoping people will find that yep. a lot more helpful than traditional, excellent, very good. good.
0: Now, Diana, anyone can go in that, can't they? They can be in any country. They're just doing it by video. Is that right?
1: At the moment, it's only in Australia. Mm-hmm. But any- Australia. You just video text and send it in, Yes. Yeah.
0: All right, then. We've got your contact details can be on your website. Is that right?
1: Yes. And we'll so put the link to
0: that in the show notes. Now, just one lesson that you would like to leave people with today, just a lesson. It could be a life lesson, a message, just something that people will take away from
1: this interview. I would say just take a step back and make sure you and your horse are both enjoying each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, that's yeah. good.
0: All right, thank you very much, Diana. Okay, thank you. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government-accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com, registered training organisation 31352.